<clears throat> okay. I have a question for you. Actually. Okay. When you and Indiana are mm-hmm. in the car together, do you talk to each other? Yes. Like more often than not, you talk to each other or 50 50? No, more often than not, I would say. Okay. That was not the answer I was hoping for. Oh, why? <laughs> because we were we were coming home from the restaurant the other day, like last weekend, and we had met Julia there. M- me and the girls met mm-hmm. Julia there after work, and then so we had two separate cars. And so when we were left, the girls were like, Charlotte was like, "I want to ride with mommy," and Sophie was like, "I want to ride with daddy." Said, okay, so we well, at least you won there, right? No matter so, where this goes, <laughs> right? And and typically, I'm the one that gets both the kids, right? Typically, they're both just like, yeah, we'll just ride with daddy. They've got like a weird thing about the way the about the new car smell that they don't like or whatever. Mm-hmm. But w- f- for whatever reason, they decide to split it up. So Sophia decides to ride with me, and so we're driving home, and I'm like. You know, trying to talk to her, ask her about her day, ask her about school. And she's like, I get a couple questions in and she's like, yeah, I don't really want to talk about it. So I was like, I was like, okay. <laughs> Which is an answer I get a lot from the mm-hmm. girls. I don't want to talk about it. And I, about. I typically don't push it because I'm not trying to be like, you know, overbearing or whatever. Not yet. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> so, so I sit with it for a, like a minute or so maybe. And I'm like, well, if you didn't want to talk about anything, or so I asked her, I was like, well, what, what do you want to talk about? And she's like, oh, I don't want to talk about anything. I was like, well, if you didn't want to talk about anything, then why did you choose to ride with me? She's like, because you don't talk to me. Right. <laughs> and she was like, because I don't want to talk about anything. <laughs> so I was like, so you chose to ride home with me specifically because you do not want to talk at all. And she's like, yeah. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so we just drove home in silence. You didn't even put on music or anything? I put on music. Yeah. Like, well, at first I was like, I'm going to make it uncomfortable in the car. So we are, so it's going to be silence. I'm not going to play any music. And then after like 10 minutes or so, I was like, okay, I put on some music. But I tried to pick like music that I knew she wouldn't like, right? Like boring music or whatever. Nothing. Just listen to the music, and then after I was like, what'd you think of the music? And she's like, yeah, I didn't like it. And that was it. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm thinking, like, am I doing something wrong? Is this just, like, a thing? I mean, you know, she's only six, of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you have have two things in your favor, right? Number one, she wanted to ride with you again. Regardless of how the story turned out, you got that. Uh, Number two... Um, she's six. She has absolutely no idea what's going on. You could tell her that the earth is flat. Right. The sun is a lie. And, you know, she'd be like, dad makes some good points, you know? Um, and so, yeah, it's like, I think it's interesting that six year old is like, I had my talking for the day done. That restaurant was loud. I'm ready to just kind of. Yeah, and that's but that is also a thing she does a lot. Where, I mean, obviously every day I'm coming home like, "Hey, tell me about your day at school." And every single day it's like, "It was good." And if I try and push her on, she's like, "Yeah, I don't want to talk about it." 
And then she'll have these moments where she gets Sophia for the past couple of weeks has had a really hard time following directions when she's at home. She does not listen very well. Mm. And eventually she gets into trouble for it. And then after she gets in trouble, right, everyone's upset. I'm upset. Julia's upset. Sophia's upset because she's in trouble and we're frustrated. And then she's like a fountain, right? All of these things happened at school and I'm nervous about this and blah, 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 blah. It's just like, and we've been trying to tell her like, then talk to us about it. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get in trouble for talking about it. Like no one's going to, I don't know. I don't even know what she's afraid is going to happen, Mm -hmm. but she just does not want to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it kind of goes back to, you know, people who struggle expressing themselves or talking about their emotions or feelings. A lot of times it seems to not matter the context, you know, they just struggle. And so even if you're like, Hey, I love you. I want you to feel that you can tell me anything. Mm -hmm. It's still just like, I can't, or I don't want to, or, you know, uh, seems like that's more of like, a personality trait, you know, no, yeah. six years old. It seems like that's the time when, you know, kids start figuring out who they are or at least start evidencing some of that. Yeah. You know, whether they're just like quiet or, you know, trying to run through walls, you know, whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe she's just always going to be like kind of more, you know, to herself introverted. Mm hmm. I don't know. I, I mean, that's kind of the question of parenting, right? Like, how much influence do we really have? Yeah. And I see it more as, like, guiding than shaping in the sense of, like, molding, you know? It's kind of like, I feel like Indy came out into this world as a kind of his genetic makeup from day one was going to, you know, predispose him to a certain path. And right. it's my job to try and make that path as beneficial and supportive as I can um, and as corrective as I can, you know, in terms of certain behaviors where I'm like, nope, that's not something we're developing, yeah. you know? Um, but, you know, especially at six, it's like if I want my kid to, you know, again, I guess taking this example to talk more. Mm-hmm. Is it possible to just literally be like, hey, every day for 15 minutes, this is talking time. <laughs> right. like, you know, you, yeah. Everybody better have something to say. Right. Or we will just sit here in, in science and stare at you until you come up with something. Yeah. Well, I mean, in sitting in the car and not talking is like, I'm, I'm, I'm down. Like, that doesn't, that's totally, you know what I mean? That's, mm-hmm. That is my wheelhouse, right? Not talking is fine. Fine with me. But as a parent, like, I feel, it makes me feel like a bad parent because I feel like, Right. I should like I should be offering some things here. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. I feel that way, honestly, with so this isn't this isn't real, Um, but it is a a fleeting thought that I've had. But this is not a legitimate idea. I'm not going to. This isn't going to be a chapter in my book on child rearing. Right. (laughs) When Indy grows up to be the savior of the world. You know what I mean? But uh When he was trying to make his cousin laugh mm-hmm. and they were doing it over Skype and 
Indy came up with this idea of like framing it where you tried to make somebody laugh. And then when you're done, you said a silly name. I forgot what it is. Simon's not head or something. Mm-hmm. And that signified like you tried to say that if the person didn't laugh at anything you did or in the way that you said Simon's not head, then it was their turn to try and make you laugh. Okay. Well, I watched his turn happen and it was awful i mean he had he really didn't have a lot uh he kind of did some baby noises a little scream you know he just he just wasn't putting it together yeah and just struggling and it got to the point where his cousin is like are you done are you done like (laughs) he's like uh no (laughs) and then he literally was just like i don't know what to do yeah and i was like man i am failing him as a father i'm not giving Uh him enough good material to work with he's not being exposed right to good jokes enough in You're this house taking him some improv classes i've got <laughs> well i've got to bring my end game i gotta step up as a father and i gotta start like doing really funny jokes with him i'm not gonna settle for these easy punchlines right. or puns that i that are just offered to me as a dad mm-hmm. i really gotta really gotta give him some you know grade a joke material because he's he's suffering yeah um, but yeah, you know, I was like, you know what? His, his sense of humor is well-developed in other areas and I'm just going to let him go. Uh, who, who cares if he never develops a good, Hey, make, hey, let's, uh, make me laugh. Indy go. Mm-hmm. He may never. Mm-hmm. Like that, but, uh, yeah, there was a little bit of parental kind of Sure. But yeah, so, um, so what, what did you, were, was there something, so many little things happened where I was like, oh, I really want to talk about this. And I yeah, was thinking so about coming over. It's I been a while. Forgot. We, I think, well, not, I think, obviously it's, well, maybe it's not even obvious. It's obvious to me. <laughs> 10 years have passed. That our, it's, uh, our past, our, our seemingly annual hibernation Seem to, seem to kick in. Seem, seem to kick in. Yeah, it, it happens around the same time. It's happened around the same time for like the past three years. You know now. what it is? It's a weather. Yeah, maybe it's the weather. I get, it's the I get, seasons. I've been sick for the last like week, and it's colder. Yeah, you know, just like man, I gotta get out there and. Yeah, but this is like the third year in a row where come September, October, we just sort of go silent until. January or February of next year <laughs> for no good reason. But we're back. But we're we pushing seem to through. be maybe maybe we're breaking the trend this year. I also realized um that even though we've been recording this for like four or five years now, we still don't have like a hundred episodes. <laughs> we don't have a hundred of you this know, podcast. We, yeah, no, we, we don't. We I mean do. we do cumulatively right but not of just this part yeah somebody reminded me of the degenerates that we did right. i mean there's yeah so i i feel like i feel like we do those all count like sure. that's all sure iterations are are all those back episodes lost yes 
Oh, of this podcast? No, no, no. Of like, if I wanted to go back and listen to us talk about the leftovers, is that I gone? I think that's still there. It may not still be. In, I I still have those, but I don't know if they're on the iTunes store or in the podcast store or whatever. Um, but that is also kind of a me thing where it's like I don't hesitate to cut ties with something mm-hmm. that right is no longer useful in any way whatsoever. Well, useful in your mind. Sure. I, I feel like you know you are the classic parent who's going to be like what, you know, all the like you would never do this, but you know it's almost like uh all those vinyl were just taking up space. Like it's right. like dad, that's $5,000 of right. records like ah, it was in the way. Yeah, but yeah, there has been a lot of little things. So, Hollow Knight, um, I beat. And uh, in parentheses, you beat. No, I beat it. I, I uh, got yeah. to the end of the game. Oh, right. But you can get to the end of the game by completing 10% of the game. Which well, I, I completed you 81%. You did 81? Yeah, that's what it said at the end. It said 81%. 29 oh, hours. Oh, I thought you looked up my percentage. No, I asked you what your percentage right, was. Right, and I was like 89-ish, but when you said 81, I was like, oh, is that low? Oh, I guess so. No, yeah, that was mine. I got to 81%. And I realized not too long after um, sort of like rage texting you. <laughs> yes. That, that I you had, love the game? Yeah. <laughs> that I had kind of worked my way through it in the wrong order. Yeah. Even though there's not really an right. order to it, but there is a sort of natural progression of like ramping up the difficulty. And I skipped a big section of that and just went to like the really difficult stuff, but because the game had such a reputation of like this is a really hard game, you just thought, right, oh, I just thought, hard. oh, this is okay, now it's really hard. I didn't think I missed all this other stuff or I skipped <laughs> it. I just thought, well, now I'm at the really hard stuff. And it's making me hate everything in existence. I never, I, I can't imagine like if somebody actually was like, "Hey, we uh, hacked this switch and we found all this gameplay of this guy playing through Hollow Knight, and it was you." I would never want to watch that. It's probably the most painful, <laughs> right? No, just running your it character was, exactly. Wall. It was literally me traveling to three different bosses and continually dying and not being uh. able to beat them. And, and, and the traveling is cumbersome by itself. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing just became such a drag. And I was like, but at the same time, it was like, I don't know this. I've got this thing where it's like just this obsessive nature where as soon as I started playing it, I mean, I had 30 hours into the game in probably a week, maybe. It just became like I, I, every spare second I've got, I'm trying to make some sort of progress in this game. And like I said, I got stuck in between these like three different bosses, and they're all the exact same boss, <laughs> and they all have the exact same frustrating move where it's like, you feel like you're making some sort of progress or you feel like you're not making any mistakes. And then every single one of these higher tier bosses have the same move of like, Oh, now I'm just going to jump the length of the screen and land right on top of you. 
and there's nothing you can do to avoid that. Every single boss does that. And it's like, what it really made me think of was uh, Cuphead. Because, Cup, because to me, Hollow Knight, and again, this is the, Hollow Knight, this is just because of how I ended up playing it. Mm-hmm. It was just a series of boss fights. Mm-hmm. And instead of, and that's what Cuphead actually is, right? It's just nothing but boss fights. Mm-hmm. And so instead of like the quickness and the sort of uniqueness that Cuphead has with all of its bosses being different, all of the mechanics are different. Everything about it is is different and it's incredibly creative. I felt like Hollow Knight was the exact opposite where I'm wasting a bunch of time traveling in between this boring gray brown world. And I'm fighting these bosses that are not creative at all. They all have the pretty much the exact same mechanics. Um, and, and they're just like sponges, right? Like, again, I was underleveled, obviously. Right. But they're just like, they're just like a health, like health sink. meters. Yeah. Even on and the... you're just like, like, there's one boss where it's like, the, you know, you've got the typical three phase Nintendo boss thing that I'm expecting. There's one boss that has like six phases and it's not like they're different. It's the exact same phase six times in a row. They just do one thing for one phase and then you hit them and then they're like stun locked or whatever. And then she goes right back into the exact same thing five more times in a row. It just was like, oh, it drove me crazy. I hated it so much. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the way that, so the way that this game is supposed to be played is through finding a series of I don't know what to call like orbs that you can power up and can give your character a certain you know certain effects, right? And if I I can put them in different combinations, mm-hmm. but I can only I can't equip all of them. <clears throat> And so for oh, me, the charms, yeah, the charms. And so for me, it wasn't even about the bosses being terribly unique. It's how I approach them that that's unique. Yeah. And so I'm able to, by equipping different charms, uh, you know, have a different type of battle. Um, the problem is, is again, there's no kind of like path to pick these up necessarily. You could run through and not find right. hardly any. And in that way, I think your approach would be very particular for you with every fight. All I have is my sword, my nail, and I can jump. So I'm just going right. to hit and run away and hit and run away. But I found with the charms, it, it really played up or, or changed up the play style. Yeah, I mean, the charms bothered me, too, though, because (laughs) some of them, a lot of them are just things for, like, I feel like they're just things for, like, poor design. Because it's like, oh, here's a charm that keeps you from moving back that millimeter that is so frustrating that shouldn't even be in the game to begin with. You know what I mean? Because, like, every time you hit something, you move back a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's like, just don't put that in the game. That's just annoying, right? Like, like they're putting in little, little annoyances that aren't enough to make you stop playing, but they are annoyances. And then they give you, and then they make you take up a space 
that you could be using for something else to not have to deal with that annoyance. Yeah, I here's never the thing use that, that here's the thing that makes you run a little bit faster. Here's mm-hmm. the thing that um that makes you invulnerable for a little bit longer. Here's the thing that lets you swing faster. And all of those things together are enough when you're in these higher level boss fights to make it feel really bad. And like I don't feel like that's a good design decision Uh, i don't know i feel like because unless you're specifically using all those charms which are going to take up at least half if not more of half of your slots to once you get enough spaces yeah just feel like a slug in these fights (laughs) so i i just basically embrace the small annoyances like the pushback and um and and accommodated that with my gameplay probably um but i i found it as a challenge and i found so one thing that okay so some of it i think might be the fact that i do tend to maybe approach things uncritically if i enjoy something about it that i can overlook a, a host of flaws so mm-hmm. i will give you this you all of your little nits with Hollow Knight completely understand. I found that I just took it as a puzzle to be solved, and I didn't know that there are saves like there's certain places you can save your game. The benches, yeah. I didn't realize that there are some hidden benches by the big bosses mm-hmm. somewhere by them. If I had just taken the time to explore a little bit, because there are areas where you know a big boss is coming. Mm-hmm. If I just took time to explore, I would have found a safe spot. So for over half the game, I was fighting these things, sometimes coming from five minutes away. Yeah. And I would get to the boss and die. And I'd go back. And it's literally like a three-minute journey right. to get back to the boss. And I'm like, man, this is... Oh, this is annoying, but it's making me value the boss fights more. Then I found... No way. <laughs> it just right. sucks. Then I found <laughs> a, a bench, and I was like, oh, no. This is right by the boss. Right. I was like, I bet. And then I, I did. I went back, found some, and I started exploring, and I'd find it every time. And I was like, oh. But it doesn't tell you, like, look for the save spot by the boss. It just, like, is like, hey, you're, you'll find this or you won't. Yeah. And so I found myself not getting frustrated other than sometimes I'd lose to a boss, get frustrated, turn it off and walk away for a little bit, but no more than say like super meat boy or Celeste, another hard game that I really enjoyed. Um, and, and when I found it, I, I had a feeling of like revelation where I was like, Oh man, that's really smart design. That is on me for not exploring and finding that enough, uh, and exploring enough to put it together that, they wouldn't make me travel three minutes, you know, to get back to a boss fight. Yeah. Even though five minutes before I had excused them for doing that to me. Sure. Oh, yeah, it's just a hard game. Of course they're going to make me travel three minutes. So I just adapt with it. But I, I can understand how somebody could get hung up and be like, screw you, game, for not telling me to do that, you know? For making me waste the charm slot just so I know where I'm at on the map. That like, one's come a, on. That one's a little rough. I'll give you that one. I mean, that only takes up one slot as but opposed still, to... But still, it's but dumb. I, I, I but will, that coupled with, 
oh, if I want to have any sort of range on my attack, I have to take up two to three slots. It just it was. It's 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 like now, it's cheap. Well, well, I so the big thing that I think we would disagree with, and the one that I didn't account for when I was like, hey, you should play Hollow Knight. One aspect that I loved about it was its world building and I it's did not storytelling. pay attention to any and of I stuff. knew you wouldn't pay attention to it. It's so good. It's like worms and the bugs. So, yeah, and the sound design is great. Language. No, uh, it's such a good story. It's it's so well designed. Uh, and obviously, I was like, "Oh man, Justin will want to complete this game because it's a mountain to climb. Mm-hmm. He's going to want to climb the mountain." Why does he want to climb the mountain? Even he doesn't know. The mountain's in front of him, so he's climbing it, you know? And then he's going to get to the top, and then he's just going to turn around and walk back down. Yeah. And we're going to say, hey, how's the view up there? And he's going to be like, I don't know. I just don't wanted to don't climb. Don't remember. Exactly. What view? <laughs> what view? I just want to climb that stupid mountain, you know? Um, so, yeah. So, you... you I, I like this image of you just kind of harumphing your way up this... Hollow Knight Mountain mm-hmm. and getting to the top and then just harumphing down, you know? Yeah. Uh, no, no, it was literally as soon as I beat the thing, the credits rolled. And once there was nothing after the credits, uninstall. The, yeah. It, the fastest uninstall I've ever done. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'll say as much as I love the game, I'm, I'm, sp- I'm stuck at like 89% somewhere around yeah. there. And I have not gone back to it after feeling like, oh, I might want to 100% this uh, because it is so um, unhandholdy that now it's on me to find the rest of these things. Yeah. I have no idea where to start. I, I, have, I have no, there's no way to quadrant out the map because you do something, then you find something, you go over there and you forget where you were or what you found. There's so many little holes. And that's the other thing too. You can buy markers and put markers on the map. Did you not use any of the markers? No, I, well, okay. Again, speaking of uncritical, I didn't, I I saw you could buy them. I bombed, didn't use them. Sure. I I also, uh, uh, the big thing that I did that was dumb. What was it? I just thought of it and I forgot it. I, um, Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I didn't use markers. Um, oh, I didn't know that I beat the game for a very long time after the, I beat the game. It plays the credits. Uh, I don't know how I missed that, but... but <laughs> and they're not skippable. Yeah, well, the, the, well, I guess one of the problems is, is that the world resets after you beat... It maybe you didn't. The, bad, the, the boss is still there. Sure. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, you can so, go back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It does the thing where it's like you beat the game, but when you load your game back, it just loads you at the last save before you beat the boss. Right, and and I think the yeah, – exactly. So I think that's what threw me. I was like, oh, that's it. That's not the real ending. Now right. the game's going on. And it took me forever. I actually beat him twice. And once I beat him again, I was like, oh, yeah, the, I beat the game. I beat the right. game freaking 20 hours ago. And now I'm just running around. The problem, though, is when you switch to the end game, the map changes, and all of a sudden there are a lot of things trying to kill you running around the map. Mm. So traversing it becomes less fun because you're dodging all these things and you're trying to fight your way through. I want to beat the guy. I want the map to be cleared, (laughs) everything resolved, and now let me just go through and like pick around. But now there's like acid that will kill me if I fall on it and all this other stuff. Uh, That that 
I, I will agree is a little too much, you know? Yeah, that bothered me too. Once you hit a certain point, that like initial area stuff gets blocked off by that orange blobby stuff. Yep. And it's like you now you're taking this traversing, which was already long and cumbersome and boring to begin with, and making it even more long and boring and cumbersome by closing stuff off arbitrarily for no reason at all. Yeah, I wanted that stuff to be cleared so I could just go at my own leisure, but uh, it couldn't give me that. So, yeah, so I kind of walked away, um, but I, I will still stand by its $15 price point and say, sure, uh, you know, it's, it's great if you like world building, you like storytelling, you like hard platforming, uh, I would still recommend. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm after finishing Hollow Knight, I'm looking forward to never touching video games ever in the rest of my life. Well, then I think I helped. <laughs> I think it served its purpose. Yeah. Have you been playing anything else? I mean, literally after Hollow Knight, I did not just delete Hollow Knight. I deleted every game on our Switch that I play. Zelda's deleted, which I didn't really play. But anything that is not like this is just what the girls play, I just wiped it. <laughs> I was um, so angry with that game. I mean, apparently, uh, I've been playing Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh, yeah. How's that? Um, it's great. Uh, I think what initially worried me was hearing people talk about how slow the game is, mm-hmm. um, how deliberate it is, and, and how it's paced. And I got worried that it was just going to be really, um, like, what's... Uh, it's it's Monday, and I'm a little under the weather, so I'm words aren't coming clear to me, but uh, pretentious. Mm-hmm. And I was I was afraid that this is like going to be a pretentious game that was kind of up its own butt and uh, forgot to be a western. A game. Yeah, mm. for, for, forgot to be a game where I could shoot people and run mm. around. Um, but no, the 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 game is interesting. Because I feel like it, it, it does represent kind of the max level of where we're at. I feel like as people look back, if Indy looks back and he's like, what this Xbox One, what was this all about? Like, yeah. um, what game represents that? It's going to be Red Dead Redemption 2. It's going to mm. be like, this is what we were doing back then. <laughs> this is the best that we had. And it's interesting to approach it that way and even understand its flaws. Like it definitely has flaws, but it has, it offers a level of immersion in your, in your play that is so subtle and it's based around the way that they designed it. Mm -hmm. Talk about traversal. There is a lot of traversal in Red Dead Redemption 2, which makes me feel like for you uh, you know it could go either way i guess the benefit is it's not 2d like hollow knight you're you're not just like well i don't mind the traversal just that in Knight it's not fun well because you're yeah, slow and there's not like enough enemies to be like you know what i mean like yeah. there's there's the amount of enemies Hollow Knight was like there's just enough to where you can run through an area for the most part and avoid everybody if you want to. Mm-hmm. 
So Red Dead Redemption 2 is something where, you know, you just start playing and, you know, an hour and a half is gone. And you're just like, I didn't do much. But that's how the first one was, too. Yeah, I mean, but I love the first. One. But, but I did a lot. You know, what I mean, mm-hmm. in that hour and a half, you're like, I didn't really progress the story all but one mission, maybe. Right. And everything else I was hunting and skinning and playing poker and helping people on the side of the road and getting a jump. I got a legit jump scare the other night. Like Mm -hmm. it terrified me, uh, finding different things. I found like there's a serial killer running around. That's not like spelled out. You just kind of find Mm -hmm. what they're doing. And I have no idea how it fits, but I'm finding that stuff. Um, and it does come up with some great kind of storylines that happen to you. You know, you try and help this person, but you end up punching them, which then a witness sees. So you have to go like tackle the witness and try and calm them down. And then the other person, you know, steals your horse. So you shoot that, you know, mm. it's it just like the, it has some kind of spilling out stories that, that happen too, um, which again, just builds the, the immersion. But, um, I'm really enjoying Red Dead Redemption 2. I I think it's great. Yeah. Even though it's interesting because when I put it on, it, I really enjoy it. But I wouldn't say that it is like compel, like it doesn't obsess me, you know? Yeah. It's not like I, I can't wait to jump back in. It's just like, oh, I got some free time. I'm, I'm going to put on Red Dead Redemption 2 and then I'm going to have a good time, you know? So. Yeah, but I mean, that's just, I, I'm afraid, or I, I'm convinced that, that for me, that, that that's unavo- unavoidable at this point. Because I did the same thing with Golf Story. You know what I mean? Like, as soon as I started playing Golf Story, I was like, well, I'm just going to be playing this nonstop until I beat it. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know what the deal is. Well, I mean, isn't it just like, I mean, it's, it's just your personality, right? You are I guess, but obsessive. I guess. But I never, th- I guess I just never thought I was that way. But I, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard because it's not something that you can just say, like, don't be that way. I mean, fundamentally, it's like, that's, that's who you are. Right. You know, chemistry, nature, nurture. It's like, you are somebody who, uh, you, you know, you, you have a problem presented. You're, you're also very single-minded. I mean, from the day that I met you, I've, I've always felt like I wish I had, like, I wish I had his discipline to just sit down and figure something out, but I get bored too easily. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like if you could send me a 15 minute video on how to change my oil myself, <laughs> I'm not making through, I'm not making it through that in like one day, you know? And I'm definitely probably not doing it. So that's me. Yeah. But you, you know, it's like, but, 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 the oil it's, but it seems like, but I can't, okay. I, I feel like as a father, you, I can't do that. That's not fair to my family. To if just I'm play? just like playing video games all day long. Yeah. I mean, but, but I think the other thing too is it falls under the idea of, uh, self care. Right. I mean, if, if we, so if, well, if, if hollow Knight is the, Okay, exactly. <laughs> bad, bad game example. Um, but I do feel like, you know, for some people, it's like, 
hey, I've got to be there for my kid, so I'm not going to do anything for myself, you know, yeah. type, of, type of stuff. And it's like, well, I mean, are you happy when you're with your kid? Like, I, at some point, I have to walk away. My son is amazing. He is great. He, I, I couldn't have asked for a better kid. Uh, there are times where I am like, can I, how can I get you out of this room into your own room? For sure, God, please, forty minutes, you know. Um, and video games or movies are a way for me to like recharge, unplug, you right. know, have some time for myself, and I think give more quality time to him rather than just like yeah. No, I I agree, but what I'm saying is, I can't. I'm not able to balance it. I'm not saying that like I'm not saying that like playing video games at all is incompatible with being a father. What I'm saying is like yeah, when I you. do try to do that, it becomes too much. But, but I can't. Yeah, but control so, myself. So what happens like if you if you even like set a timer on your phone, you're like 35 minutes set timer, and you play, and 35 minutes the timer goes off. What do you do? Do you I just mean, yeah, keep I could stop. Just, it just depends. Well, it depends on what's going on. First of all, it's just like an arbitrary thirty-five minutes. And I'm just going to keep playing if I have no reason to to mm-hmm. stop. But, but it's not that. It's that okay. Maybe I'll stop for like fifteen minutes, and then as soon as there's like a little window for me to sneak out, I'll just pick it back up again. Yeah, you know what I mean. And then I'll play for whatever, and then I'll, and then you know, as soon as I'm done or whenever, I'll be like, I sh just spent my entire day doing this or like shoving these responsibilities to the side so I can do this. And that's like a bad, it's not just as like, it's a bad example of set. Not not just as it's just like bad. Like that's bad parenting. Like I'm being a bad person by doing that. You know, it's funny. Um, I, I've watched you turn on a video game, sit down play it for 10 minutes and turn it off and walk away and go do like something else. Yeah. Like, yeah, uh, cooking dinner. And it's like, you, you got the water on boil, you turn on the video, you know, your, yeah. your Xbox, you sit down, you play 10 minutes and you walk away. I remember thinking like, man, I want to play video games like that. I want to be able to just like jump in 10 minutes and commit to this game because I am all over the place. Like right. I, I won't log on if I can't have a longer play session. Uh, and when I do, I'll just get attracted by the next shiny game that I won't play mm-hmm. and it'll take me forever to get through, you know, uh, Zelda, which I love, but I just, I'll play pick cross too. And then I'll play golf story and then yeah. I'll play a little bit of that and a little bit of Mario, you know? Um, but it's interesting to, to see that I was looking at you in your own hell and being right, like, exactly being like hey that hell looks pretty good i wish i could be a part of that you're basically just watching me walk up those like perspective stairs right where it <laughs> just looks like you're walking upstairs or you're just walking in a circle in or a whatever. circle i was like hey i want to do that i wish yeah. i could do a few laps <laughs> like that yeah i don't know man i what, what what about diversifying your hobbies right i mean if you you know that's the other thing too like if you're like after 35 minutes, the thing seems to be like you, you need something else to do. Well, that's so the read. thing, though. That's the thing. Pick up a book. I mean, you're exactly. reading George that's Saunders, the, that's right? The, that's the thing. I want to 
be the person that sits in their house and reads a book mm-hmm. for an hour. I want to be the person that enjoys walking around the neighborhood. I want to be the person that likes doing all this sophisticated stuff. But I am the person who loves to obsessively play video games. Mm -hmm. If I could, I would play video games 23 and a half hours (laughs) out of the day. (laughs) Right. That's how much I like playing video games. And it's just as like, you're a streamer at heart. Yeah. I'm a gamer. (laughs) You're a gamer. I'm a gamer. (laughs) I mean, if, if there was like no sense of self-awareness, if there were no responsibilities, that's what it would be. I would not be interested at all in reading. I would not be interested in anything else really, except for playing video games. Yeah. But it's just as like, I'm just not, I just can't balance it. I don't know what, I don't know what the deal is. I don't know. Like, like, I don't know if it's always been that way. Right. Because it wasn't until six years ago that I had the responsibility of a kid. Mm -hmm. And so up until that point, you've got a lot of leeway to just play video games whenever you want. You know what I mean? Even in a marriage. So I've never had to be like critical of that Mm -hmm. because it was this thing where it's like, the yeah the the only critical the it was it was all like self defense right because when we were growing up video games were always like nerdy shit right like mm-hmm. that's what the nerds do like it was embarrassing really oh yeah I've smashed so many consoles in my days <laughs> going to a friend's house and be like nerd and then stomp on it but I mean yeah. that was like the that was my critic that was my critical nature of it, it was never like a, I'm spending too much time doing this because it was like I really just love to play video games so of course that's what I'm going to spend my time doing yeah. But now it interferes with like actual responsibilities that I need to give more time and attention to. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I have to, even though I don't want to, like I, I plan on getting a cheap Xbox soon so I can start playing like Destiny again, maybe Red Dead. But especially after playing Hollow Knight, I'm now thinking like maybe I should just like stay away yeah. until I'm totally confident that i can like manage this but but will it ever be that way yeah and i don't know that yeah that, that that's my thing and, and part of it is uh, like so i i totally believe and trust your your assessment of yourself but when when people come into my office and they're like hey i need to drop this course i'm failing a lot of times it actually is just perception Mm-hmm. When they actually talk to the professor, professor's like, no, you're doing fine. The, my, my grading is tough. It seems like you're failing, but you're not. Mm-hmm. And, then they, and then they aren't. And so that, that's always my first reaction is to be like, I, I wish I could see like an allotment of Justin's time. Because my, my other thing, we, we say this about like health issues and stuff. It's like, I'm going before you. Like, don't worry about your health. Like, I got you. Just based off of me. When I when I go, then you'll be like, okay, maybe I need to now watch myself or whatever. Like, now I'm gonna cut out the bacon that Keith should have, you know, five years ago. Um, but but same thing with this, where I feel like I, I'd look at him and be like, oh, what? No. Or if I look and be like, oh, yikes, yeah, man, mm-hmm. that's crazy. Um because I don't know, man, I, I feel like I feel like you are you, you tend to be, you know, kind of 
more hyper critical of, you know, yourself or, uh, you know, what you're doing. And it always comes down to like an idea of moderation by, I wonder if you're, if your concept of moderation is just like an impossible idea, like mm-hmm. nobody could do it. Mm-hmm. You're like, Keith, look, this is my schedule. That I just want to keep to. And I look, I'm like, I couldn't do that. Like no one can do that. You're like, no, that's a good skit. That's moderation. You know? Yeah. But also I'm not somebody who, when I game for an hour, I'm feeling it. I'm like, yeah, I could, I could turn this off. Now, oh no. You know? See, yeah. See, that's, that's, uh, see, I don't, I don't feel that. I, like, I mean, I've talked about this before. There was a, when inside out, when, when inside came out. Oh, I wanted to talk about that. I played, I played destiny starting at like nine o'clock at night. Oh yeah. And then you played, I played it until like, five o'clock in the morning and then i played inside and beat it in one sit in one sitting for like three i did not go to sleep that was amazing (laughs) the next day i was awake i just like did not go to sleep i mean so that is like obviously as a 35 year old at the time not like a very healthy yeah decision yeah and but but and part of that was like like, like during that time, you know, I'm not ignoring the girls, right? Because they're asleep. Julia, like, has a night to herself, which, right. mm-hmm. you know, sometimes she likes, a lot of times she doesn't, right? So, like, but that was, like, a strain right. on our relationship, too. You think it's a too. gift to her? Right. Like, Here, you can watch whoever you want. I'll right. be in the other room. And right. But she's yeah. like, oh, he's playing that stupid game again. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, it's like... Yeah, and you never asked me how I felt about it. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I feel like I feel like if if anybody could moderate, it's you because of your singular nature. Uh, but if you feel like you haven't been successful, you know, try yeah. something new. But yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I want to talk about inside really quick. Sure. I actually just today finished rewatching a playthrough of it. Oh, okay. That I watched a while ago. Yeah, I know that a couple week maybe it's a little bit longer than a couple weeks now, but fairly recently I like did a quick like Google to see like if anything new, you know what I mean? Kind of like from the Play P- Dead or just just no from inside itself, like the PT oh, thing where it's like yeah, people yeah, yeah. are What's continuously yeah, finding yeah, yeah. secrets, but it seemed to be pretty much. What, well, what we figured out when it came out. Yeah, this guy, his name's Christopher Odd. He was on a list of great playthroughs for Alien Isolation. And, mm. um, and then, so I watched that, and then I watched him play through Inside. And he, he's a really, like, he's what I look for. I, I don't get Twitch as much, but I really like longer form playthroughs of watching somebody who's really smart play through like a puzzle game right? and how they process and deal with the puzzles. And he's a guy who played through inside one time and found half the hidden secrets in it on his first playthrough. Mm -hmm. Cause he just, that's the way that he thinks and processes. Mm -hmm. I played through once and didn't even imagine that there was anything hidden in the game, you know? So oh, really, like I, I probably knew, but I was right. like, what? I'm just yeah. playing this game, just having fun, enjoying the visuals, not 
not noticing the yellow wire that right. is like signaling like, hey, there's something. Follow this. Yeah. And he's like, yellow. Why would they use yellow? What is that wire? Let's explore. And he's finding all this stuff. Right. Um, but as he's playing through, I, I realize like th- there there are certain pieces of art that I go back to. And again, it's we, we've had this conversation. It's not that I find truth in art. It's not like I watch a movie. I'm like learning truth. It just helps me frame it. It just helps me identify the things that I already believe or things that I know to be true and then see it in a new context and be like, oh, that's what this means. Oh, that's how that looks. Yeah. And inside this time, I took it as like almost like a corporate revenge, like capitalistic uh revenge fantasy mm. where you just play this kid trying to infiltrate this corporation or being called by this being that this you know corporation or government has created and then in the end you just get to wreak havoc as a a mass of humanity literally mm. you have arms coming out and legs protruding and you have people like screaming from you and you kill a guy who seems to be like a CEO. Mm-hmm. And it just, it was so just like, I don't know, it, especially in this climate, it was just cathartic to watch and consider. Yeah. And, uh, and inside at the time, you know, I thought it was a, like just amazingly designed and mm. i i had theories about like yeah what is the blob thing but then to just go back later on and identify it as like one thing yeah it, it, it means a million different things but in this moment in this playthrough that i was watching it meant like take down this freaking comp like destroy it yeah run through and he was taking pleasure in like controlling this thing he's like i'm all powerful they can't do anything i was like yeah that feels so good you Mm -hmm. know and and the only other kind of piece of art that had that kind of i had that reaction to is burn after reading and i remember first watching burn after reading and being like i don't know man Mm -hmm. i don't know coen brothers they know what's going on i don't know what that was about and not really getting it I remember watching it again and not getting it. Mm -hmm. And then I remember watching it later on in life and being like, it's the perfect encapsulation of our world. Like that is the Trump movie made Mm -hmm. decades before Trump. Yeah. And it, it speaks to the idea that we've talked about a lot, which is it's not Trump. Like he's not the focal point. Mm hmm. The focal point is the absurd system that brought him into view. Right. And if the only thing that this time has clarified for you is your moral kind of outrage at whatever it is, like uh, health care for all, uh, gender equality, right? LGBTQ rights. And if you're not for those things, then, then you're a monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Good. Now can we push further and say, hey, this system that gave rise to all of these ills, that system too sucks and is not healthy or operating correctly. Mm -hmm. Like it's all absurdity. Let's not stop at the absurdity as being like, 
you know, I know a gay person and I am offended, you know? But let's like push through and say like, A, the fact that literally our income equality in inequality is at such an outrageous level. It's absurd that we've existed underneath that Mm -hmm. system for so long. Like, let's just say it. You know, people are like, oh, no, that's too much. Like, that's, yeah. that, uh, that's crazy. Um, but burn after reading, I think, is basically like, th- this is our world. It's an absurd garbage fire. And if you try to make sense of it, it's not going to. <laughs> uh, and it's going to give rise to people like Trump, right? Yeah. So, I mean, part of me is like, I'm never going to get nihilistic to the point of like, let's just... And or I, I was thinking about first reformed, you know, mm-hmm. like the the guy in first reformed who's struggling with, you know, the issues of climate change and should I bring a child into the world? He is obviously not in a healthy place. He's not in a productive, constructive place, but he's in an honest one. Mm-hmm. He's in a more honest one than the family that's like, I just bring our tenth kid into the world and right. everything will be okay. And, you know, if the world has lasted 6,000 years so far, Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to be around for another 6,000 or whatever it is, right? Or it will end. It'll change back. You know, or it'll end. (laughs) Isn't that what Trump said recently? (laughs) Yeah, it'll change back. It'll change back. Yeah. That was his answer to climate change. Right. It'll change back. It'll flip. Listen, the circuit breaker will flip when it gets too hot and then it'll roll back. All right. And then everything will be fine. Right. So, so you have that. Right. And it's like he was in a more honest place, you know, but I feel like the, the trick is to balance the kind of absurdity and outrage that that engenders with an acceptance of what you can and cannot change or affect. Right. Mm-hmm. So you know, if I sit there and look at somebody who says like, no plastic straws, right? I'm going to at, at the same time say, it is absurd to think that if I say, hey, Starbucks, keep that straw. I'm doing my part. Right. That, 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 that has any effect. But on the equal side, it's wrong for me to sit there and say, you know what, Starbucks, throw 10 straws in my car for me. Right. Like, you know, and I'm not going to use them. Uh, but you know, I also am not going to buy into this fact that I'm, that I'm changing things. You know what right. I mean? Uh, you know, it's just about saying like, you know, I'm not going to use plastic straws. I'm also not going to say that I'm saving the world and right. I'm just going to keep chugging along and being like, I'm going to call it absurdity when I see it. I'm going to give the causes that I believe in and the world is still probably going to end in a huge fireball. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can So Firebread Dead Redemption uh, 2, let's have some fun, right. you know. I can I can a- acknowledge my part and not use plastic straws while also recognizing that what what was the the statistic is like 100 corporations are responsible for oh. 99% of the pollution. Yep. Yeah, 100%, 70%, thank you. Okay. Yep. And uh and I can also still hundred companies. Why I said hundred percent? Yeah, I can also still go to those companies and be like, "I'm gonna get a drink from Starbucks." Which yeah. that that's probably the most controversial of all of those statements to me. But at the same time, it's like I understand like that's how the world works. Mm-hmm. You know, what right, I mean? right. And and for the people like on that citation's need talking about hypocrisy, right? Where it's like this. 
this idea of you live in this world in some way, uh, you know, will negate any kind of point you want to make to me right. because you're wearing, yeah, uh, Nike uses sweatshops. Uh, is that a Nike shirt you have on or shoes? It's like, yeah, you know, I, mm. I bought Nikes and the company's a freaking disaster. By the way, I didn't buy Nikes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, th- there's always that equivalent. Because if I say, no, I didn't buy Nikes, then, yeah, they're just going to look at, oh, oh, Gap, who made your, you know, like, okay, yeah, maybe Gap does too. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, but it's not about me being pure in this world and existing mm-hmm. to kind of point everything else out. Right. It's about me living in it and being like, hey, guys, it's absurd here, right? Does anybody want to argue that it's not absurd? Uh, and what I'm realizing is that, yeah, people do. People want to argue like, right. no, it's not absurd. Yeah, no, this is completely <laughs> normal. It's totally fine. Right, it's totally fine. It's normal. You're the one who's wrong for getting all worked up about this stuff. And, uh, you know, uh, va- I'm not sure about vaccines. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and li- listen, do they need to give that many so early? I don't know. You know? Right. <laughs> well, you know, there's rat poison in there, right? Oh man, always. Yeah, that they, you know, uh, in our food, um, big, big pharma and uh, big, you know, corporations want to work hand in hand, so they put a little poison in everything. I a couple of quick things. Yeah, I had a lot of stuff, and man, I I stink and can't remember. Um, but uh, I just, yeah, I got all this stuff I want to talk about. I guess is too long. I want to talk about George Saunders. Maybe one time we can sit down okay. and talk in depth. I want to read the book that you. Where are you in that? Are you done? Um, past. It's called Pastoralia. Yeah. It's just another short stories thing. So I actually, so the it's the book that Sea Oak is from, and that the Amazon right. show is based mm-hmm. off of, and it actually combines the first short story and then the actual Sea Oak short story. But it's so good, um, and it's it's just is especially the very first short story. It's about um, a man and a woman who work in a, like a caveman exhibit Mm -hmm. as cave people, as Neanderthals. And it's just so funny and also depressing because Mm. he, 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 you want to talk about like it's, well, I mean, maybe it is the times. But it's obviously a message about sort of corporatism and how we treat workers and stuff like that. And sort of like what our economy does to people, which is the depressing part, obviously. But it's also like somehow just absolutely hilarious. And like the voices he gives to executives and stuff like that is so funny without being like just over the top caricatures, man, it's just, it's that very first one, which is just called Pastoria. It's the namesake of the, of the book. It's so good. And then, um, Sea Oak, 
which is sort of the main story that the show was based around is also really, really, really good. Um, and so I've read, I'm a little over halfway through the book, but I actually stopped, um, because there was another book. There was a book that came out recently called, uh, something. It was part of a, it's part of a planned trilogy and it sounded interesting. So I picked up the first book, which came out a couple years ago, which is called the Trader Baru Cormorant. Have you heard of that? Uh, sounds familiar, but yeah. So it's supposed to be this like new sci-fi fantasy Game of Thronesy mm. series, where it's like these big ass five six hundred page books. Um, so I don't know why I'm starting to read it because <laughs> I'm not that into that. But for but it just sounded interesting to me so I, I started reading the first one and it's good so far but it has definitely already matched my threshold of like here's a description of what the air smells like when they walk <laughs> yeah. into a room and here's how the cross stitching looks on there you know what I mean just right. like all right I've had enough of this already but we'll we'll see where that goes it's supposed to be really good uh yeah I I want to read that you're talking to somebody who I had some audible credits <laughs> Oh, okay. I finally gave in and downloaded the first Wheel of Time book. Oh, yeah. Robert Jordan. Mm-hmm. And it's like a lifetime to get through the whole. Yeah. You know, it, and I haven't. It's sitting there. It's grayed out. I just need to push the button to download it. Uh, <laughs> right. And I haven't committed. I might, How long is the first book? Oh, it's it's going to be like 40 hours, right? Well, yeah, well, actually, I think the first one is in two, it's 26. Oh, and okay. I've, I've listened to some long. I, I've talked to you about my yeah. Audible. I want Audible to work for me. So I used to only download books that are like 30 hours plus. Right. Um, so I've listened to some long books on there. Uh, but the problem with this one is once I start book one, I've got to commit and get through all the other, and the other books mm-hmm. are freaking enormous. Yeah. So anyway, I might, I might delay and switch over. But anyway, yeah, I wanted to talk, I wanted to read that maybe talk about that and the, some other stuff I just need to get more prepared for, but you know, I've watched some movies and stuff like that. But anyway, yeah, let's get to your questions. So Hill House was something else I started watching. Um, is it called the haunting of Hill house? Yeah. The There's like a weird amount of like media that is centered around this generic idea of a Hill house, right? There's like a yeah. board game. There's this Netflix show and I don't know what any of them are called, but I know that all of them have Hill house. In Hill house. Title. You can say like Hill house in it. Yeah. So the trail of Hill house. You is a board game. Yeah. yeah. So I watched the Netflix show. I started watching it because everyone was like, this show is great. And it's not great. It's really bad. <laughs> like the first episode is, was, was the first episode had enough good to outweigh the bad for me to get me to watch the next three episodes. But the next three were so bad that I was like, I'm not watching any more of this. So I'm not sure what the appeal, like, I feel like the first episode was definitely creepy. Maybe it wasn't like way scary, but it was definitely creepy. It had a really good like scary feel and tone to it. Mm-hmm. And then that gets completely abandoned afterwards. Like there's a couple like moments in the rest of the show episodes I watched, but for the most part that gets abandoned. 
and you're left with nothing but like soap opera level family <laughs> drama that is so poorly written that I can't tell if like the acting is bad or not. <laughs> you know what I mean? I would say it's bad acting, but I think it's just poorly written. Um, yes. I mean, I would say, uh, I would say my argument would be, I just don't know what compelled people to watch 10 hours of this thing. Well, we did. Right. All right. So I will say the acting at times can be poor. Uh, Episode six, which some people are freaking out about, is a nightmare of acting. That's the, you know, father arrives at the. Oh, wait, wait, you you stopped. I stopped at four. I stopped at the brother, the drug addicted brothers episode. Uh, That's actually one of the better ones. Four, (laughs) four and five made me push through the whole thing. Yeah, four made me turn it off. <laughs> See, yeah, four I really liked, and then five I really liked. So, okay, so I'll tell you this. I I think the direction is really amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the way that he does the scares is more based around the characters, which I found was refreshing. Because at some point, we can show whatever we want. Mm-hmm. You want to be like, uh, what does a face look like coming out of the back of someone's head and they move their hair away and it's another face in there? Mm. We can do that, right? But that stops being truly unsettling or scary when you have just blank characters running around being chased by this thing. Initially, you might be like, ooh, that's scary. And then after that, you're just done. Um, the, the best example I can think of recently is uh, Lights Out where the ghost is something you can see in shadow. So when the lights are on, nothing. When you turn off the lights, you can see it's shadow. Mm-hmm. And it's a great effect, right? But the characters who are haunted by this thing, it has no relationship to them, right? It's just somebody, I forget, they were electrocuted, I think, to death, and now they're a shadow. Mm-hmm. Like, it just doesn't, it's stupid. It doesn't <laughs> right. make sense. It's not based around any character who's being haunted. Uh-huh. But what I like about The Haunting of Hill House is these people are being haunted specifically um, based on who they are and their fears, right? That what you find out in episode five is the, the bent neck lady is that girl. Like, she is the bent neck lady. Mm-hmm. She's the one who kills herself early on. And the house has devised it where she is like seeing herself. Like it's like she falls through levels mm-hmm. and sees herself and starts, you know, terrifying herself. And it's this, you know, these fears and these scares based around the character or based around what their concern is or what, what their issue is. And I found that to be something that I, I could connect to the scare through the character, mm-hmm. which made it heightened it wasn't just like every other scare Mm -hmm. so that level of of attention and that attempt to do that was something that i respected and responded to as a fan of horror yeah um i i do think that the direction is really good too the acting might not be up to the level of the direction but even that episode six which was just really cringe inducing uh Mm -hmm. he's doing one like long take 
and they're like cycling people in and out in the background of stuff. And so the shot as it pans and things are changing is great. But then the characters have to like keep the scene going. And it's just a guy being like, yeah, dad, you think you think you can say that to me? Dad, I'm 37, dad. And it's like, you know that he's just trying to, you know, keep the time going. Mm -hmm. And the dad's like, listen, son, listen, son, you know? Mm -hmm. And you're just like, oh my God, like you guys can't, you got to do something else, right? Um, but visually it, it's, it's really, uh, impressive and he's really trying to do stuff with it. So I think, I, I think the narrative pulled me through and the attempts of the filmmaker were something that I connected to, uh, basically on the idea of like, you know, watching somebody's first film or like, you know, we, we've talked about it where like, I love Alabama shakes and then their first album comes out and I'm like, ah, it's not, it's not too good. But mm-hmm. I was like. Justin, trust me, these, th- there's something here, right? Mm-hmm. And then Sound and Color comes out and it's like, there it is, right? Like, that's right. who that is. And I feel like had this guy had a better budget um, and better actors, that it could have cohered even better. Maybe better writing, maybe better... I, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I get it, but to me, it just was too much of a drag to watch. Like, it's, it's gray, it's, it's one color palette, it's like... There's no levity whatsoever in any of the episodes. Mm-hmm. And it's like you've got this family dynamic where nobody seems to have any level of affection towards each other at all. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just is like, you know what it actually reminded me of was um, what was the graphic novel that you got me for my birthday? Is it called Royal, Royal Oak? Royal City. Royal City. Yeah. Uh, it remind it remind me of that because it's just yeah, like this yeah, big yeah, yeah. family dynamic thing. Yeah, I can see that. There is a supernatural, but for the most part, all of the like family dynamics are very boilerplate, Rote. cookie cutter. Like this guy is a drug addict, and that tells you every single thing you need to know about who he is and what how he's going to act. Like every single thing you would expect a drug addict on TV to do, this guy's going to do. You yeah. know what I mean? It just was like. Well, well, yeah, I, I, but again, I kind of put that on the actors is an inability to elevate above what was written for them. Yeah, maybe. I, I, will, I will also say that, yes, in terms of that, especially starting off, I was like, listen, at some point you all would stop like screaming or stop being so bitter at each mm-hmm. other. And you would sit down and say like, we experienced something in our childhood, didn't we? And they just fail to be able to do that, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like, you wrote a book and I'm pissed at you. And then now I'm off doing drugs and everyone's pissed at me because I, I'm doing the addict thing, right? Mm-hmm. I'm stealing from people. But they don't ever pause to really explore. Or like the biggest thing is like how angry they are at their dad, which even by the end of the episode, you're like, they shouldn't have been that angry <laughs> with him. Like that doesn't make any sense, you know? Um, and And there's that lack of kind of, like reflection that the characters refuse to give themselves or each other. Mm-hmm. You're just like, I think at some point they would get tired and work through some of this stuff. They wouldn't just right. constantly leave it and let it be at this level. Um, so yeah, that, that was a little much, but I think at the end it, it, he's, I think what he's trying to do is set up at the end, instead of going dark and scary, he goes kind of hopeful, uplifting. And I think again, he's trying to make it based on the characters and through all that darkness, set up a, a a payoff of and try to earn like the the happy payoff mm-hmm. at the end um 
I don't think that really worked as well. Again, I liked I liked his attempt, and Elise just wanted to be darker. Elise was just having fun with it in terms of like where the scares came from and how the scares looked, and in the background of like almost every shot, he put a ghost. Mm-hmm. There's some somebody peeking out from under the stairs. There's somebody in the window. They're just all over the place to permeate the feeling of this, you know, place being haunted. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was good. But yeah, I feel like you just weren't able able to overlook very real concerns like the father's contacts that the young father wears, where his <laughs> eyes just look like a white walker from Game of Thrones. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, you're just like, man, chill with the freaking contacts. You know what I mean? Uh, but at the same time, I think you could either plug in like Elise did and say like, I'm having fun with this thing. It's giving me a few scares. It's moving along. It's keeping my attention. I guess I didn't feel like it was moving. It's just right. Or, or you could do it for mine where you're like, Oh man, the way that he set up that specific scare, Mm -hmm. man, that was so good and character based. And that, that was exciting. This is also the guy who did Gerald's game. Did I get you to watch that? Is that the one where she's handcuffed to the bed? Yeah. <laughs> I think I think we started watching that. Oh. And then it was like we're not going to watch some woman, woman chained to a bed for like 80 minutes, so we've just fast forwarded to the end. Oh my. <laughs> it was either that or it got too creepy for julia and she didn't want to watch it because there's like a tall monster guy in it right oh he's terrifying the moon-faced man right at the end and i i maybe i could have been making that whole thing up i know that for a fact I watched the first 20 minutes of that movie and fast forwarded to the end. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if Julie was with me or if I, I was I, I, watching my phone or something. I have but... a feeling like you just fast forwarded, <laughs> which um, it could be. is a new low. <laughs> You're worried about the wrong things, Justin. It's not about excessive video game playing. It's fast forwarding through Gerald's game. Through Come Gerald's on. game to the end. Come on. It's, it's good. Uh, so anyway, wasn't good enough to keep me from fast forwarding. Oh my gosh, that's I that's mean, on the movie. That's not on me. You, I don't fast forward through every movie I watch. I'm trying to think like, I don't know, man. I'm trying to think of the equivalent of what this feels like. <laughs> it definitely feels like a betrayal. I can definitely start there. I feel like I don't think I watched it because of your recommendation, though. Well, you should have because I do recommend it. Anyway. I love Gerald's game. I love the the way he wrote that film. I I, I think that film works amazingly well. Wow. And uh, and so anyway, yeah, th- this one didn't work as much. He he definitely has some some hokiness about the way that he writes and and establishes some his stuff. Yeah, that I could do you know less with. Yeah. One thing that maybe I want to talk about that I'm interested in are Netflix movies largely not good yeah largely giving the filmmakers the free reign to make what they want yeah i've been thinking about this though and i think it they've gotten to the point to where it just is like i i definitely think that's an interesting point 
that I want to talk about. But I also think it's they've now gotten to a level where it's like we understand, especially with like this Disney service coming out, we understand that a lot of these studios are going to be like pulling the rug out from underneath us. So we just have to have stuff on our service. And yeah. so they're just green lighting everything. So um, Jeremy Saulnier, right, with Hold the Dark. Oh, right. Which I, I put as a disappointment. Mm-hmm. Um, you have, uh, um, what was the one that I just referenced? We, at Gerald's least I, game? No, not Gerald's game. That, that one actually works. But uh, no, no, I would say Haunting of Hill House. Mm-hmm. Um, I, would, I would also say um, we just watched Outlaw King mm-hmm. um, on Netflix. And that's David McKenzie. I really love David McKenzie, that that director. Mm-hmm. I really like Jeremy Saulnier. Um, uh, th- there are others I'm forgetting of like filmmakers that I like who make a movie for Netflix, and I watch them just like, yeah. Isn't Outlaw King like the Braveheart type movie? Right. With um, Chris Pine. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, and one thing that I see in all of it is excess. I almost see a need for like studio notes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I almost see the, the other side of it of somebody coming in being like, um, yeah. So this film, <laughs> uh, it's two hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> and in the middle, you, there's just a very long scene of a man, uh, laying in the snow, looking up at the sky. Uh, do do we need that? You know what I mean. <laughs> and pushing back against or or setting some restrictions, right? Um, did you see the Lars von Trier, the five obstructions? He challenges a filmmaker to make oh, right. the same film with like different rules each time. Like you know, now that's you have, old, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, I think I watched that. Right. Um, but I, I think that that is like it's interesting to see of an artist work within limitations, right? Even if they're arbitrary. Yeah. And, and the, yeah. the whole point of that is like, they are arbitrary. It's just Lars von Trier being like, okay, now do it. But every scene has to be at night, you yeah. know? Um, and so uh, that I think that some, in some ways, Netflix being like, hey, here's your 50 million. Right. Here's your Go, blank check. Right, right. Here, here's your blank check. give us something in nine months. Yeah. <laughs> and they do, but they give them like an unbridled, oh, apostle. Um, yeah. Gareth, uh, Evans, Edwards, don't watch it. Uh, you'll you'll hate it. Uh-huh. Uh, but he made the raid and the raid two, and the oh, raid okay. the raid I thought was good. It's fine. Yeah. The raid two I think is a masterpiece. I uh-huh. love the raid two, and uh, and they made Apostle. And Apostle again is just like man. There's some really great stuff in there. But man, he needs somebody to just come in and be like, hey, cut here, cut there. Let's edit this down. It's over two hours long. It yeah. does, you know it just doesn't need to be that. But of course, like if you're making a film, why wouldn't you? You know, hey, I got the money and the time. I'm going to make my vision. But a lot of times, too, you see the director's cut and you're like, I like the theatrical cut better, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if that's pro- part of the problem on Netflix. Although I've heard the counter is true with Netflix when they fund TV. I think I heard this, that they, they actually like to set the episode limit. Oh, really? It's so like Hill House. I agree. I think could have been done in at least two less. Mm-hmm. But I think that they fund 10 episodes because that the more episodes, the more return they get. Mm-hmm. 
So, yeah. I, so I think they may have more say over that to be like, no, stretch this out, make it 10. Mm-hmm. But in the films, I get the idea that they're just like, here's your paycheck. Right. All, all we want is a brave heart type movie, right? Like right. that that may be their direction. Well, yeah, that's definitely, and that definitely speaks to the whole algorithm thing that they've been accused of, if you want to use that word, I guess, for, for a while where it's like, okay, we know that people search for a lot for these type of movies and yeah. they like this actor. So let's put those two things together. Right. And so, you know, I, yeah, but that, that's been my hot take. And I feel like at some point Netflix is just going to take over the world and they're going to turn into their own studio and then we'll, we'll get better films once they hire the, uh, the company stooge that they can send out to all of their, sure. uh, <laughs> their productions. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. They'll still be making like, like the Adam Sandler stuff is like their most popular stuff though. Right. Oh, I watched his stand up special. I, I watched as much of it as I could. And I turned it off after about 30 to 45 seconds. 30. I showed it to Chris. We made it like 10. I, 30 to 45 seconds. Oh, seconds. Yeah. I didn't admit. I was like, no. So he started it. his first couple jokes, or it opens with him like, it, it's almost like he's like playing around or like riffing or whatever. Yeah. And I just turned it off. And I thought to myself, like, I'm comfortable turning this off knowing that, that it's not going to. Knowing that the that the art that the arc of this stand up special is not starting with these are all the really bad jokes that I want to tell and they like get monumentally better over the course of the series. <laughs> I, I turned it off knowing like oh, okay these are his best jokes this is what I'm going to be getting so I don't need to. Do you know the structure this. of it because no. it starts with him coming down on like a rehearsal right? Okay. And so basically he does his whole set. But they splice in all the different places he does it. Right. Like joke to joke. It's like this one's he tells in rehearsal Mm -hmm. and this one he tells at the small comedy club and this one he tells in his stadium, you know, setting. Yeah. And I thought that was interesting. I Mm -hmm. thought that was like to see how it's repetitive, which makes it almost kind of like numbing and sad to a certain extent. It's like, hey, I got this hour. Now I'm trotting it out to everybody. Definitely by the end of it, I made it through the whole thing uh-huh. once. Definitely by the end, it definitely has that feeling to it because he has like a song honoring Chris Farley. And all I could imagine is him having to do that 45 different <sighs> times right. to 45 different rooms yeah. and be like, now here's the song about Chris Farley that I made, you know? Um, but it's not funny, right? None of it's funny. I mean, maybe there's one or two jokes here and there. Yeah, but. it's it's nostalgically funny where there are flashes of like, I don't know, man. I haven't watched Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore yeah. in a long time. The, I remember watching those and being like, oh, yeah, that's funny. That's funny. This that's super pinnacle, funny. Right. Right. This is what a comedy should be. Yeah. And there's a feeling of like Weezer watching him yeah. where you're like in an alternate universe. He never went. uh the happy madison route Mm -hmm. his production company that makes all the crappy stuff that he went the punch drunk love and the 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 more like let me do these dumb comedies but with a heart Mm -hmm. instead of let me do grown-ups for if anyone will send me to hawaii (sighs) you know what i mean um and so i think there's a piece of that in this where you're like 
oh man, like if, if that was who you, if that is who you decide you want to be, you know, like Blue Album, Pinkerton, uh-huh. you know, man, th- there would be a legacy there. Well, Weezer did the same thing. Well, no, that, uh, yeah, yeah. That, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you know, okay. if, if, if Adam Sandler had just didn't done the equivalent of like, hey, I'm going to do my Blue Album, my Pinkerton, like Pinkerton is the punch drunk love I take. Blue Album is like Billy Mass and Happy Gilmore. And you kind of follow that trajectory. Mm-hmm. I think that we're in a different, I think he has a different legacy than what he has now, which is like, oh yeah, that guy, he'll freaking do anything for a trip with David Spade and yeah. uh, a few other friends to, you know, Hawaii. Yeah. Wasn't the opening jokes were, I don't even remember. I, mean, I just one remember was, them being so bad. Yeah, what was like, a song oh, about like his uh, it was about grandmother's? Uber? Yeah, yeah, like um, they have self-driving cars. Yes, and he yeah. gets out, yeah. and he's like arguing with the car, and the car starts flapping. Right, it's, it's windshield yes. wipers. It he's was like, I know so not funny. Yeah, he's like, uh, then go to court, and the car comes in with a neck brace, and I'm like, right. yeah, right, yes, yeah, yeah. that's right, that's right. And I just remember thinking, I'm not going to listen to Adam Sandler tell yeah, the jokes. The, the, I'm just not. See, but uh, again, I think that that is all colored by who he is now. But there is a little Norm McDonald to jokes like that. That, you know, had he committed he, I to guess, like yeah, I guess I that kind of that. like anti-humor, he has the personality to pull it off. But I think when you, when you see like Adam Sandler as like grownups too, and like here I am in my middle age and let me pull out my guitar and let me sing about my grandmother's uh, roommate in her nursing home or whatever. Um, you're 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 already tired of it. Yeah, I guess I feel like there's a deeper level to Norm's jokes though than than that. Like mm-hmm. like Norm McDonald is obviously very smart comedian, right? So and, and I mean he does do like the corny, but I feel like there's a deeper meaning to it than what right. you're getting when Adam Sandler talks about his Uber showing up to court right. in a neck brace. Yeah, well, and, and part of that problem, right, is like what has Norm done? You know, since like he spot up here and there he's done like a mm-hmm. podcast that you know i know that you're almost want to pull a heist off to get you know released so you can see all the back episodes that he's recorded and right. stuff in it uh <laughs> and, and, but he hasn't really done much but what has adam sandler done you know yeah. adam sandler's done like you know 20 terrible films and now he does this but if you know this came out of nowhere or he hadn't had done so much I don't know that it would have such the negative reaction that mm-hmm. a lot of people have against it. Okay. Yeah, we don't really watch anything on Netflix. YouTube? Yeah, it's all YouTube. Mm. It's all watch YouTube. Christopher Odd play through. I'll even endorse his uh, Alien Isolation. He does this thing that, like, if you get in on, he did it in both playthroughs. He's like, hey, okay, I want you to set the mood, you know. Uh, I'm going to try and respect the mood, too, but turn off the lights, you know, put on your mm-hmm. headphones. Uh, let's just really get into this thing. Like, mm-hmm. he really tries to give himself over to the game. And I just, there's just something that I really appreciate about that. Just watching a guy who clearly enjoys doing this, who en- engages, is eager to engage it in the way that these games are presenting, mm-hmm. and just eager to get into the world. And it's just... That to me is compelling viewing. Um, Maybe that's why I didn't like Hill House because the first episode I watched, it was like midnight. I was in the living room by myself. I was wearing headphones. So I was like, 
in it. In it, yeah. But then the next episode was I watched like the next episode in the morning, like on my phone while oh, I was laying yeah. in bed. So I was like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's really I'd probably rather be asleep right now. Yeah, that is probably it, man. You know, it's it's all the medium in which you intake it. Uh, so yeah, no, man. I I think there's something to that. I think there's something to the sure. take the Christopher Odd approach. Watch one of his his playthroughs, and uh, and then pick something and do it the way he would. Lower the lights, you know, get sure. into it. All right, let's. Uh, I want to talk quickly about some music. We'll wrap this up. I really like what you sent me today. Yeah, so I've been listening to a, a lot of really good music has come out recently. Yeah. Um, that Vince Staples. Oh yeah, EP that's really album good. Album is super good. This Mick Jenkins album is good. I have indie singing along to Twin Peaks now. The um, that ba- the band Twin Peaks. Uh huh. Yeah. I've, I. I've gone back to them. I mean, they, oh, okay. they're just so good. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, so I've been listening to them again. Yeah, my rotation has been basically this Vince Staples album, the Mick Jenkins album. The new Robin album is really good. I yep. listened to it. I didn't really care for oh, it. Oh, really? It just didn't. There, to me, I was thinking about it because I was like, I was doing the kitchen, played it on the speakers, mm-hmm. and, I, and I was cooking breakfast. And I just like, you know, when you're cooking and you're, you're waiting to like get into the rhythm, I was like, this mm-hmm. is a dance. I'm going to be dancing. Well, I never yeah. did. It just, it just never. It's a kind of a mellow co- album. Yeah. It's kind of a mellow album. And I got to the end and I remember it, it stopped and I was just confused. Yeah. I was just like, <laughs> wait, was I, was it doing something I just wasn't ready for? I thought this was going to be like a dance album. Yeah. And there just never was anything that that clicked for me yeah no i understand that it's grown on me though um and then of course that idols album i've been listening to nonstop. yeah um idols and the viagra boys album is also i i don't know if the viagra boys album is as good as as what warrants like how much I listen to it or if I'm just still so surprised at how good it I is think it because is. it's Viagra Boys. I've, I've listened to it a few times. It's so good. It's so good. And, and there are just some things I keep returning, but it's funny that you say that cause it's true. It's like this song that, uh, that I'm going back to again and again and again, like, is it that like, what is it that I like about this song? And it's, it's hard for me to, uh, to, to explain um, I, it's also something that I haven't been able to show to Elise because I feel like, oh man, she's not going to no, get I, it. I don't like, think she'd be like, I don't think that she'd like this, but, um, uh, what is it? So, uh, slow learner, of course, I, I really like, uh, what was it? just like you, uh, uh-huh. I guess the one, um, but yeah, I'll just listen to that over and over and over. I again. took the dog show song off. I deleted it. From I agree. That's, that's, yeah, that doesn't exist. It's like a weird skit in the it's middle of the skit. album. Yeah. I listened to it one time Yeah, and I was like, okay, I All listened right. to it that's and it's being deleted. I'm out. I'm with you on um, that. One. There's also this, uh, have you listened to George Clanton at all? 
Mm. He had an album out this year called Slide. It's also really good. Did it's, you send it to me? No, I haven't. Oh, can you send it to me? Yeah, because it's, I, I, uh, it's an electronic album, but it's a more of a like a mood album than it is like oh, a maybe, dancey thing. Yeah, maybe I saw them on um, on Pitchfork. They it's do? really good. Um, yeah, I went back to I. I've been going back to some old music. Um, you listening to real estate, uh, the other day got me, uh, reminded me of them and DuckTales. Um, but, uh, I went back to, um, Fleet Foxes and Mm. did you ever get into Fleet Foxes? No. Um, uh, I would say give, um, Give their last album, Crack Up, a shot. Um, but I kind of put, I put this on Facebook, On Another Ocean mm-hmm. is like my No Country for Old Men of songs. It just encapsulates my worldview in a lot of ways. And it's just an amazing song. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like at the least you would be able to respect the musicianship of crack up well i feel like i've listened to i know i've listened to fleet foxes before i'm pretty sure i don't like the singer's voice yeah so so i was thinking that you probably don't like the singer's voice but they're also really interesting i I, so i was reading more up on them and stuff and and they're they're interesting so i forget the guy's name robin peckinold Mm -hmm. um he uh said that basically his early albums are failures like he's just, he doesn't like them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and helplessness blues was the first thing they kind of came out with where he was like, yeah, this is what I want. And then crack up is kind of like, again, him like pushing and pushing, mm-hmm. but it, there is a feeling of like that, that I get like when I listen to a Radiohead album where even if I don't like it, I'm listening to this album mm-hmm. and, and I am understanding that there's stuff happening here that again, even if I'm not a huge fan of, I'm like, these guys are musicians. Like yeah. they're, they're, they know what they're doing. Right. Uh, and that's exactly how I feel about Fleet Foxes. Like quietly, they've become one of my like all time favorite uh, bands. And it's, it's because they release so infrequently mm-hmm. and what they do has so much intention behind it. And it manages to be kind of like profound and not, not trying as hard mm. it's just a well executed and thought out album yeah uh but yes yeah, so i've been listening to that a lot okay well that's all i've got me too that is everything <laughs> oh yeah how did we not <laughs> never do that we never we've never done that yeah i guess well and we used to well, joke we, about we just, struggling with sign-offs. We just recently changed the name to everything. I mean, we could still, I guess, said, and that is everything that's interesting. Yeah, but that's still not the name. It wasn't the name. Yeah. Anyway, listen. Now we got it. The gift is right here. <laughs> well, that, let's open that it. That will be cut out. Let's every open. following subsequent episode. <laughs>